The wide Gravel County Road is a far easier route to the top, but Poe gave that up years ago. On the road, teenage boys in pickup trucks called him Goatman and Mutant and accused him of having sexual congress with his goats. He didn't understand half of what they were saying, but when they took to throwing beer bottles at him and a bottle split his eyebrow open, he took refuge on the rocky goat path. There he has remained, exchanging the ease of the well-travelled road for the difficult ascent of the narrow and craggy path. Poe sings as he climbs, a wild song without words. In the pale wash of light just before daybreak, his face is rapturous. This is his world, daybreak and dew and the drift of mist in the Bell Kerr Valley far below. When he reaches the goat meadow, he pauses to wipe his brow with a red bandana and pulls a fob watch on its long tarnished chain from a narrow pocket of his Oshkosh-Bagosh bib overalls. He scans the time. The big hand licks like a black-tongued dog between the one and the two. The small hand is on the six, a number that looks like a bucket with a curved handle. It's one of the two hours he can distinguish, six o'clock and high noon. The first six o'clock means it's time to milk the goats. When the little hand joins the big hand at the top of the watch, it's lunchtime. And when the little hand meets up with the bucket number again, it's time for the evening milking. The fob watch brings order to Poe's world, pauses his days one tick at a time. He believes there is magic in the coiled metal of its innards, that the sound he hears when he presses the watch tightly to his ear and listens wide-eyed to the tick-tock, 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 is a kind of sorcery, and Rose has magicked the device so that it will tell him the time. He winds it gently, careful not to twist too hard, because Rose says he doesn't know his own strength and he busts things without meaning to. He hears the distant bell toll in the steeple of the Lamb of Jesus Gospel Church, and counts the strokes using the thumb and all five fingers of his left hand, the way Rose taught him. The bell tolls six times. The watch is right on time. His lips flap with glee, a stream of spittle trickles down his chin, and he dances a little jig. Right time, right time, right time. Poe slips the watch back into the pocket on his overalls and turns in a full circle with his arms extended, inhaling the mountain air, drinking it all in. The goat-cropped, dew-soaked grass, the tamarack and hemlock, hackberry and beech trees, the way the air trembles red and yellow where the maples are turning early. Twisted ropes of fog lie in the ravines, and the rising sun is sliced through the middle by a charcoal ribbon of cloud over low mountains dark with spruce and pine. To the west, the sky is still the deep indigo of his coveralls. A woodpecker clatters somewhere, barn swallows dart after insects, a solitary crow flies due north to Canada. His friend Wild Bill says Canada is so close that Ted Williams could have stood right here in the goat meadow and hit a baseball plumb out of the country. Poe doesn't know who Ted Williams might be, but he reckons it's true if Bill says it is. The green meadow is slick with dew and fragrant with wet grass and goat shit, riven by the bells of the nanny goats. He calls them by name, Jenny Girl and Ostrich, the twins Bertha and Pearl, Roxy, Little Dipper, Maud, Lula May, Olive, Susie Q, Thelma Pearl, Aunt Nell, and Princess Sally, the pure white beauty of the flock. 
The nanny goats crowd round, bossy as church ladies. He lifts the latch and squeezes into the summer shed, where he stoops to fill a bucket with fragrant, dusty oats. The dust tickles his nose and he sneezes, banging his head on the roof of the shed. Poe rubs his head and chuckles. Damn fool, Poe, he says. You manage to do that just about every doggone time. Back in the sunshine, the goats cluster to him, nuzzling and bleating. Impatient horns beat his rump and thighs as he fills their troughs, shaking out the contents of one bucket and then another. He steps back to watch them eat. When they finish, he upends a three-legged stool propped against the shed and sits to milk the goats, beginning with Little Dipper and ending with Princess Sally, always in the same order because if he milks them out of turn they get fractious. He crouches to wash Little Dipper's bag with roses.